welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, hello, welcome to episode 457, I think it is, of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and my good pal, Sean Orford. How are you, Sean? I am stunning and amazing. I've been away for a week in the Yorkshire Dales, uh, into the lakes a bit. You know, been, been good. Been um, good Yeah, uh, well, it's been a... We're talking about alcohol today, aren't we? Kind of in terms of addiction, what's a safe level, what's not. Um, after we're at a listener email, and now, now is probably a good time to start drinking because in the two weeks since we started recording... Um, yeah, war has broken out and all hell has broken loose on planet Earth. Eh? Crazy times. Yeah. And uh, you need to sort the dog out. <laughs> I just, just muted myself. Literally started barking as soon as we started recording. He's been good as gold. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's people going through far worse than that uh, at, at the moment. But um, yeah, when, what, well, before we come on to the main episode, what's your take on how things are going on, on planet Earth right now in terms of the, the war? It depends on on which way you read it. Um, I I don't think that the war stopped after the Cold War. I think it just carried on, but kind of under the surface. And I think that we've been at war, different parts of society, uh, unacknowledged by most people, but acknowledged by some people. But I, I think that um, at the kind of uh, the political, financial, social. Um, research. There's all kinds of areas under the surface where I think that the war has been going on. And I think that this is a it kind of popping out into the open. Now the, the issue is whether um, any of it can be resolved and, uh, or do we have to do a full out face-to-face, toe-to-toe you know, uh, which I really like not to do because I was f- feeling quite smug about the idea that um, my generation is the first generation for however many who hasn't had to go to war. And I'm thinking, is someone going to hand me a tin hat and a gun and say, okay, off you go. Um, you know, um, which is very real, isn't it, for the people in, in Ukraine? I mean, there's people of, of all ages out there that are trying to defend what they've got. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just going to move away a bit while, uh, while he's doing his thing. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I don't know. I ain't no military strategist i'm not even that hot on the history of the region and all that well i've learned a little bit in the in the weeks uh or the, in the days since it's all kicked off um but yeah it's crazy i mean but I, I kind of saw stuff like this coming maybe not quite as soon but um and obviously the knock-on effects you know we're not directly in confrontation at war but uh yeah, the, uh, there's some energy energy issues going on, and some food f- food supply issues. We're all interconnected, aren't we, in this this global world? So it's yeah going to be felt the whole world round. <clears throat> yeah, and and the the issue is that because we've tied ourselves so tightly into different bits of the world, there isn't an easy extraction. I mean, everyone's worried about the relationship between um, China and Russia. But we have literally um, laid off all of our production processes to places like China and Taiwan um, and then complained about their level of pollution. The fact that they're actually making all our rubbish um, is secondary. But it's like, um, 
we we have globally done things that to retract from are quite difficult. So it, it, it's hard to be at war with a country who you're dependent on from an oil point of view. You know what I mean? Does that I do. Kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, I'm just going to see how it plays out. But uh, yeah, I was doing my thing on my bike yesterday. Um, Fair play. My wife started cycling to work, um, Bethan. Um, it's about four and a half miles each way. Mm. Not because of really the what's going on, but it was for Lent, really. She, she kind of had the idea and she's fair play. She's followed through on it. So, um, uh, but yeah, you know, we were, we did about 34 miles combined, the two of us yesterday on our various bikes. Mm. Um, all kind of free of fossil fuels and just the, I mean, the economic saving to our family is quite big. But yeah, I mean, obviously I'm watching mm. the, uh, Petrol price creep up as well locally. It's uh, it's it's crazy, and some people are very reliant on that stuff, you know. So I try not to be too smug. Um, uh, just yeah, it's going to be a weird, weird few months. As if as if the last couple of years hadn't been weird enough. Mm. But that whole idea of of is there a transition going on? Is it the Piscean age, the Aquarian age, and everything's breaking down? So the one age can end, another age can begin. Is the theory? Who knows? You know, all we can do is sit and observe it and live through it. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, let's um, let's crack on with the episode then. Because do you want to um, just quickly spell out without mentioning any names, maybe about the the, the email we've had in? Because you you responded directly in uh, what we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I I just got an email from someone saying that they had managed to kind of kick the alcohol, um, but finding it quite difficult. And and then all the issues about, you know, why do we do it? How do we do it? All that kind of stuff comes into it. Um, and, and I think for anybody who's come off of substances, then the uh, the issue is how do I stay off of the substance? That's the thing, because you, you can end up in fear. And one of the problems with alcohol is that unlike other drugs, there's a pusher on every street corner, every shop you go in, someone's trying to sell you alcohol. Um, it's it's Britain's number one relax and hey let's go and have a drink, um, but also it's, there's adverts on the TV all the time, so like it's really hard when you're trying to avoid. Um, I think both nicotine and alcohol because it is thrust down your throat all the time. I guess nicotine's better now in the sense that they've covered up the packets in the supermarkets and yeah. all that. So, yeah. I know. I wonder where we'll head in the coming uh, years. Now we've we've sort of cracked. Well, not cracked tobacco but um socially it's like not really accepted in certain obviously indoors and in certain venues i mean i do know people that smoke still and uh um don't look at down my nose too much at them but certainly not in the same way that alcohol because yeah like you say alcohol's everywhere it's um life is just one big i, I kind of joke that life is one big car advert because they're just everywhere and it's the same with um alcohol really isn't it because you see it in the in the shops you go into, it's everywhere. You see people drinking here, there, and everywhere. It's on in cult- culturally in terms of the the things we read, the on TV and in films. It's it's uh, it's just a, such a normal thing. And I guess, obviously, for the vast majority of people, I'm not sure on the stats actually. It's it's uh, not something that needs to be worried about too much. So, how do you? What's your relationship with alcohol, Sean? And um, how how much do you like to get through? I actually am three months. Clear of drinking anything at all. Um, wow. Okay. I'm on a good flush out. I I come from a family of hard Irish drinkers. 
<laughs> and I mean, I've seen my sister drink a bottle of gin and get up and walk home. You know what I mean? It's, it's like you're talking about that level. Part of it is genetic, part mm-hmm. of it is learned. Um, a lot of genetics in there. Um, but I, I had problems with all kinds of substances as a kid, 60s, got involved in drugs and all kinds of things. Um, so t- to me, all this idea about, um, you know, the, the idea of addiction is very real. Um, yeah. both as, as, a, as a practitioner, as in someone who's done it, but also as a therapist and someone who works with people who have done it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it does work both ways. Gonna give this to Cooper. Um, yeah, I, I mean, personally as well, I'm 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 not teetotal by any stretch, but I can go weeks without having anything. Yeah, I'm drinking anything. Um, I guess on a Friday night, usually we'll have a, a glass of wine or, or something, but not like just out of habit, really. Just to, only if there's something in the house. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, in my younger days, in my late teens and tw- all through my twenties, I was. A, in periods a heavy drinker so one or two nights a week drink very heavily um mm. and then you know take a day to recover and all that kind of usual student life stuff yeah uh, I, I think one of the problems for <coughs> my my family particularly um was that it's like you just said about takes a day to recover i mean my family could drink a phenomenal amount of alcohol and just get up the next day and carry on like nothing's happened. I I have consumed ridiculous amounts of alcohol. I've never had a hangover in my life. Really? Yeah. I've never I've never taken a painkiller for a headache. Oof. Ever. Wow. Okay, that's uh, that's special. You haven't lived if you haven't had a big hangover. Flipping egg. <laughs> <laughs> I have hung out of people that windows vomiting. Okay. From, drinking too much but um yeah well that, yeah. when you reach that point it's a good sign that you're uh you've had too much certainly for the night um at, at what at what point do people do people kind of realize generally that it maybe they're a bit too dependent on it or use that word it's an addiction <clears throat> which you talk about in your blog post uh it depends um very often it's because someone else has suggested it to them um and very often uh, if they're in that position, people have suggested it to them lots of times and they probably would have um, kind of ignored it and, yeah. and it becomes like a blank word. Um, but very often um, people, I, I can remember a guy who was uh, actually going in to have some surgery because of smoking and um, he was saying to the, to the doctor, I think I'd like to stop now. And the doctor actually said to him, I think it's a bit late. Yeah. Really? It's, it's like, is it that your body has to start reacting before you, you know, it's like, where's the line? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it, whether it's, yeah, alcohol or smoking sometimes or like global warfare, sometimes we do need that little like warning light from our bodies or from somewhere in uh, within the universe to kind of trigger a, yeah. a change in behavior that doesn't don't we um i mean uh yeah just just do we have to wait for that kind of that moment or should i you know as someone who drinks once once a week twice a week maybe should i should i be worrying now what 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 measures could i be taking to uh to cure my addiction well, 
It, it depends on what you read. Some some um, research would say that to have one glass of wine a day is good for your heart. Right now, a lot of modern research moving on from that is saying that that's total bananas, and that there is no level of alcohol that is safe. That you shouldn't drink alcohol at all. Mm. Um, so the, the the issue about you know, is there a limit? Should there be a limit? How much should it be? Um, it is very, a very kind of mixed thing. And one of the biggest problems is, like I say, my lot. Um, I mean, my father could burn through alcohol and he lived into his late 80s. He had to live like a blast furnace. He just burn it all off, you know. Um, but, uh, but again, see, everybody's going to say, yeah, but there was always that case of Fred who used to drink um, you know, eight pints a day every day and smoked 40 fags a day and he lived till he was 100. And, you know, and there's always going to be that kind of person, but for the majority of people, it's not like that. Yeah. For the majority of people, ultimately, mm-hmm. if you do both the boozing and the smoking, that's when you get the biggest amount of head and neck problems, cancer and stuff like that. That's when it can be yeah. most difficult, you know. Um, yeah. It, it, it's a hard one when you're dealing with it because, like I say, by the time people get to that point, that's when they want to stop it, and very often it's too late by then. Mm. Yeah, I just wonder whether it'll be the kind of the next public health push because I, I do know people that work in public health locally who've gone through the massive push in the last 20 years to kind of um, get the smoking sorted, really. Um, and with the but there, there, there's a big but in that, which is about people are going on about vaping mm. and vaping being like a, a safe alternative. And it's not, you know, the oncologists I know are waiting for the next set of cancers to come along. But people are developing lung issues from smoking because of the oil in the, in the vapes and the vaping. Okay. Um, but one of the bit of research I was reading, because I'm a, an addict, a bit of research I was reading this week is suggesting that um, lots of people that are vaping are developing diabetes. Wow, okay. Yeah, and it's like, mm, okay. And it's like, we're only going to learn over time as people vape for longer. Mm-hmm. But there is this growing cohort of people that are developing diabetes. Wow. Um, well, yeah, I mean, life is just one big experiment, isn't it? And, yeah, when we do this kind of, these big societal experiments with new uh, new things that we ingest or inhale or whatever, you, you, we don't find out for a long way down the line really what the uh, yeah. the impacts yeah. are. You'll get one-off things. Well, some certain people will be fine, but a big big percentage of people can be can be affected, can't they? Um, so let's say that people have found, or the people listening might think they've got a bit of an issue, or they know someone that's got a bit, a bit of an issue. Um, what's generally what's the first thing that people do? I mean, I'm aware of things like alcohol. Alcoholics Anonymous, the AA, and all that kind of stuff. So, is that something that people will, when they're searching online, initially go for, or is that a bit more kind of when you've got a bit more of a problem further further down? It, it, it's what works for you, you know. Uh, AA can be a bit gaudy, although they'll tell you that it's not, but it can be with this, their uh, step program. Um, the uh, there are all kinds of community alcohol projects and stuff like that that will work differently. And virtually everywhere has places where you can go into rehab for a few weeks 
to kind of dry out. I mean, virtually every area of the country, I mean, health authority has things like that. Um, so, I mean, yes, there are things that you can do, but the problem always is it's not the stopping, it's the not starting again that's the problem. Um, that's what you have to work on. Um, and I've known loads of people that stop for a couple of years, whatever their restrictions, and then they're back in again. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, well, it's like with a diet of, of some kind, isn't it? You know, it's easy. Well, it's not easy, actually, but it's, uh, it's uh, let's say it's easy to kind of do the diet, to do the three months long thing that's written down in paper. But then once that's finished and you're on your own again, hello, mm-hmm. buddy. Um, <laughs> it's the little guy, man. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's very easy to slip back into old ways. And especially because it's so culturally ingrained, especially in a country like the UK and, and many in the West and East and goodness knows where else. Uh, I, I was at a, the Rugby International three or four weeks ago, Wales v Scotland. So there's obviously a massive drinking culture around that that world. Uh, and one of the guys we were with who'd come down from Scotland, a good friend of my father-in-law, um, doesn't drink and has been teetotal for a number of years, I think. Um, so, you know, you're out with, he was, that's probably seven or eight of us, um, met up in Cardiff in a pub and, uh, went out the night before and, and that, and the evening after as well. And he was there and he was kind of the butt of the jokes, really he took it all in good, good, good humor. Um, but he kind of was getting, I was aware that he was getting the Mickey taken out of him a lot for being the one person that wasn't having a drink, you know, and he took it well and he's obviously used to it. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of pressure on people to, in situations like that to, yeah. to have a drink. Go on, one won't kill you. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think he did, he was offered a non-alcoholic beer at one point and he said he didn't like them, you know, if you're going to, and I, I've had, I've had those as well when I've, been the designated driver or whatever and uh you know it's a, lager for me isn't the best tasting drink in the world i'd rather have a, if i'm not going to be drinking alcohol i'll have a glass of coke or a fruit juice or something something that tastes off decent you know um but again we've set up this world of non-alcoholic drinks mm-hmm. as a crutch for people to to kind of ah oh, remember the, the taste but but not to have the the hit it's a strange thing really okay. isn't it so you have the um, non-alcoholic gins and things like that. And yeah. Have your mocktail rather than your cocktail. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, I mean, uh, we kind of, I've got two young boys, obviously, and they kind of, who knows what's going on in their heads and kids around the world as they see their parents or the grown-ups uh, drinking sometimes to excess, that kind of thing, and how what they learn about what's going to happen to them when they're 17, 18, and they start drinking as well. Uh, I, th- I think there is a bit of a movement away from like binge drinking that was when I was in my twenties, like the done thing. Um, I think I think fewer kid youngsters kids are getting as blind drunk as <laughs> as we used to in in my day twenty years ago, uh, which is probably a good thing. But then you know they're not having as much fun as we did because we got up to all sorts of crazy nonsense, you know. <laughs> But, but that's an interesting point because the thing that alcohol does is it turns off the frontal lobe, which is which is what carries the weight of the conscience and the morals and you should and you shouldn't and that kind of stuff is all there in the frontal lobe. And one of the reasons people find it such a good relaxant is that when they have a drink and the frontal lobe switches off, then it's like all the worries and the concerns go. Yeah. So you, you can just forget it. Yeah, so I mean, the, the kind of the dating scene has changed a lot since I was I was 
I was just on the kind of start of the online world. And obviously now, apparently, not that I use it, there's, there's things like Tinder and what have you for meeting um, yeah. boys and girls and that kind of thing. So there's much less of a, or less of a culture of going out to meet someone and having to pluck up the courage after mm. having a few drinks of actually talking to a member of the opposite or same sex and going for yeah. or even like having a dance with them or that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the world's changed, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Uh, very but much. yeah from, from a therapy point of view, then do you have people approach you that, 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 that need help uh, for, for addictions of, of alcohol? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the things I, I tend to deal with even now are alcohol, nicotine and skunk, which is a big one. Um, people that get uh, anger and psycho, psychotic kind of issues with skunk. Um, but the other one is, is direct anger. You know, people who, uh, especially in like domestic kind of social kind of setting, <laughs> um, you know, got those kind of anger issues going on. Yeah, you know. you're not laughing at that. You're laughing at my dog attacking me. He's I got was, like, yeah. anger issues. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, there are. There are we kind of joke around alcohol being a a funny thing but there are some serious dark sides to alcohol addiction yeah. when you get really down the far at the far end in terms of yeah anger and you know in my in my world of road safety as well there's obviously there's a there's a lot of issues around drink driving and the the mayhem and the chaos that can cause and you know when back in probably back more so in your day drink driving was culturally quite um a normal thing to do and even my mum and dad their generation or similar to yours, it, it, it was it was kind of accepted then, and it's old habits die hard, don't they? <clears throat> yeah. Well, the the uh, drug, the alcohol test, <clears throat> when I did was you had to get out of your car and you had to walk down the white line in the middle of the road. Yeah. If you could, if you could do that, then you get back in your car and off you go. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. I, I think, and other countries have dealt with it better than us. I think it's uh, J- Japan uh, is, has got a really really strong anti-drink driving culture it's just mm. so seriously frowned upon and the, mm. you can't have like one drink and get in your car it's like mm. it's literally zero is the limit and if you mm. get bust, if you get busted in japan I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes if you get caught drink driving like all hell breaks loose you'll you'll lose your job you'll, you'll go to prison all sorts you'll suffer massive social shame mm. Uh, which, from my point of view, is, is a much better thing because you're not causing a danger to yourself and other people. Uh, yeah. um, but and other things have sprouted up, and an industry has sprouted up to kind of get people home safely. So you can you can drive to the pub or the bar, and then there's a kind of a someone that will take you home in your own car. Sometimes it's like people that will it's their job to drive people home in their cars um, mm. because yeah, drink driving mm. is just so badly frowned upon. So. Mm. Uh, but even if you're in France, you have to legally carry breathalysers in your car. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that uh, if you come out of somewhere, they expect you to breathalyse yourself before you get in the car. Mm. Yeah. But legally, you have to carry them in the car. Mm. Yeah. Um, fascinating world. Just yeah, all these cultural little cues that we have uh, in mm. different places. But so, are you recommending? a certain point therapy to be the best way or uh no. yeah i mean you, you get these controlled drinking programs and that kind of stuff and they don't really work you know i mean they, they do work for some people but not really really very many um they um I, I suppose the last thing i'd say 
as we're coming towards the end of this, is that we, we're all addicts. Um, we talk about alcohol and we see addiction as being like a big thing. Um, but all addiction means is that you've got a chemical state inside your system, in your brain and in your body, um, which is your normal. And when that drops down, you'll get withdrawn and you want to bring it back up again. And that could, could be that you're used to eating so many cream cakes a day. And when you don't, your sister body chemistry goes and you crave the cakes. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I've told you the story about the lady going to church and, um, and she'd, she'd gone to church every day for like 60 years um, and uh, gone to mass first thing in the morning. And that set her chemistry yeah. for her life. And then one day I get a call from a GP, can go and see this lady, she's depressed, I'm worried about her, she's, she's in her 60s. Um, I go and see her and I could tell straight away because of my own experience of substances that she was in withdrawal. So when I sat down and spoke to her, the reality was she hadn't been able to go to church for so many weeks because she'd broken her ankle. And she was in withdrawal from going to mass. So... Uh, going to the church, arranging the uh, the priest's uh, arranged lift for her, meant that she could get there and, and the job done. Yeah, but we wouldn't think about someone being addicted to going to mass, but she was. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, you, in your blog post, you do talk about that quite a bit in terms of addiction getting a bit of a bad rap in terms of just being negative stuff when we're all addicted to something. Hey. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and and even someone who's amazingly happy enough. Is addicted to that kind of brain chemistry, and if they've got nothing to feel woo about, they go and find something because they're, they're in withdrawal. They'll find something to feel good about to get their chemistry. Yeah, equally so, someone who's a miserable sod and is, has got nothing to feel miserable about, we go and find something to be miserable about so they can feel normal. It's creating you normal, that's the thing. Yeah, and um, yeah, and it, it's learning that if you if you don't like your normal, that's what you need to change. And usually that's what you need the therapy for. Okay. What's your yeah. resource of the week then, Sean? Fascinating stuff. Uh, I've, I'm uh, relating back to a journal and, um, uh, and some articles about, about addiction and new ways of looking at it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to link to I've got a few kind of basic links about on the NHS about alcohol support and where I can get help on drink. Um, drinkcoach.org.uk and then my resource is a, a TED talk by Rod Phillips uh, a brief history of alcohol because I think it's important to know where all this stuff's come from culturally and why it existed and why it's why this these things are so popular now so yeah you learn up on the history as well quite interesting yeah yeah sounds good all right Sean I'm going to go and okay. give this little, little dog a walk because it's, it's his yeah, walk yeah. he's addicted to a post lunchtime walk otherwise he, he's a nightmare so that's what we've got to do tell. I can tell. It's a withdrawal now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good see. You. I'll see you next week. Okay. You take care. Yes. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye.